And again, happy Mother's Day to all of you ladies. We know we've said it now about four or five times, but we want to. We want this to be a special day for all of the ladies. Speaking of that, uh, they wanted me to remind you, the guys did, for you ladies that did not get this little gift on your way in, you'll want to be sure that you get it on the way out. Around the information table, there'll be some folks there. Be sure. And it is some chocolate truffles, and they look really, really good. And I've heard, I don't know if it's true, I've heard it said that ladies like chocolate. That's what I've heard. I don't know. And I'm just going to hold on to these right here in case I get to feeling faint during this Mother's Day message. I just want to, I want to keep them close by just in case. Well, I'm very excited about this day. And when I say I'm excited about this day, I, I realize, and I'll get real personal with you. Most of you know by now, a lot of you do, that my own mother passed away just four months ago. So this sort of emotional time, it's probably the most difficult uh, Mother's Day message I've ever give, given my whole ministry, but I want to use it to inspire us, motivate us, and maybe you'll learn from some positive things I have done and maybe some not-so-positive things I've, I've done, and maybe it will motivate you. But uh, I'm just glad that all of you are here today, and, and we want to honor moms. We want to honor ladies. And the Bible speaks a lot about it. In fact, the verses that you're going to see on the screen today and the verses that you're going to hear today, uh, primarily they deal with moms and dads, you know, parents. They're verses that deal with parents, but since it's Mother's Day, we certainly want to emphasize moms today, and we're going to do that. Our first couple of verses we're going to start with are verses 2 and 3 out of Ephesians chapter 6. They're very important verses. I want you to look at them with me. It says, honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. Now, this is very important. Don't miss this. This is the what? Which one? It's the first of God's Ten Commandments. You take the big ten. You take the big ten. You know what those are, the Ten Commandments. And this is the first of God's Ten Commandments that this one ends with a promise. Not all of the ten, by the way, end with a promise, but this first one does. And here's the promise, that if you honor your father and your mother, yours will be a long life full of blessing. How many of you would love to live a blessed life? You want the blessings of God upon your life. Then how do you see that become a reality? That becomes a reality when you honor your mom. That's what the Bible says. You honor. You're going to have a blessed life. You're going to have a long, blessed life. And so uh, that's just a great verse. And I love what he's telling us that um, God is going to bless us. And all of us want that if we will do the right thing uh, toward our parents. If we appreciate and hold in high regard and high esteem our mom. And, and I think that's so important. We need to talk about it, especially today, but we need to keep that in mind all of the time. And uh, this is so true, and you guys would be wise to join in with me on this. I, I believe that ladies, in many respects, as compared to us fellows, have a much tougher assignment. And if you agree with that, guys, you may, even if you don't agree, you probably want to put your hands up. That'll, that'll keep you out of trouble. Have a much tougher assignment. I mean, you look at it, look at everything that a lady has to go through. I mean, just when she gets ready in the morning before she ever leaves the house. And then it's like her job is unending every day, all day, 24 hours. It's like, you know, the challenges that moms have. In fact, 
not too terribly long ago, I ran by these statements that women said about women, and I knew that Mother's Day was rolling around, so I held on to them, and I want to just read maybe four or five to you. This is what women said about being a woman, and some of the names you'll recognize. Uh, the first one, I'm not even going to mention her name because you, I've never heard of her, and you probably have never heard of her, but uh, this is what she said, a woman talking about what it is to be a woman. She said, she said, inside every older lady is a younger lady wondering what on earth has happened. I like this one. Inside me, this lady said about being a lady, she said, inside me lives a skinny woman crying to get out, but I can usually shut her up with cookies. How about this one? A woman talking about what it is to be a woman. She said, the hardest years in life are those between 10 and 70. That's all. Irma Bombeck. Have any of you ever heard her name? Irma Bombeck. From many years ago, she said in her quote, my second favorite household chore is ironing. My first being hitting my head on the top bunk until I faint. (laughs) Not easy being a mom. Rhonda Hanson said, a man's got to do what a man's got to do, and a woman must do what he can. Margaret Thatcher. How many of you have heard of that name, Margaret Thatcher? She said this, last one, in politics, if you want anything said, ask a man. If you want anything done, ask a, ask a woman. Yeah, you ladies can give yourself a hand on that. Now, I know that there's probably nobody in here that feels this way, but I still nevertheless need to address a mindset. And here's the mindset. A lot of people have this mindset. Well, you know what? I would honor my mom or I would honor my parents. But the problem that I have in doing that is my parents are not perfect. Well, guess what? Neither are you. And none of us are perfect. And so when people have that idea, they're not really, I don't think, thinking clearly to say, all right, you know what? If my mom is flawless, if she's faultless, then that's what I'll do. I'll honor her. But, you know, because she's not, then I'm just going to take a different path. Isn't it amazing? Think about this for a moment. Isn't it amazing how that we can project upon so many other people, including our parents, including our mom, we can project upon them an expectation of perfection. But when it comes to our own selves, we exercise much more leniency. It's like, you know what? I expect a lot more out of you than I do me. But I think it's important for us to realize, and we need to take a moment to consider this before I dive into something, and I'm going to share with you some things I've never shared on a mother's stage, just sort of an approach, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But I want to give you a couple of things to consider before we get to that place. Consider this. I mean, this will help you. Every parent is flawed. Your mom is flawed. My mom, when she was alive, was flawed. Every parent. In fact, how can you have a perfect parent? How can you have a perfect mom when nobody's perfect? Nobody here, nobody anywhere is perfect. So I think it is wrong on anybody's part to say, well, you know what? I know people are not perfect, but I expect my mom to be perfect. And if my mom's perfect, then I'll honor her. Well, that's the wrong way to think. Now, about this same time every year, and I'll just illustrate this for just a moment, about the same time every year, I go through this struggle. It is the struggle between being impulsive and the struggle between frugality, and I'll tell you what I mean. About this time every year going into summer, I start thinking about how badly God wants me to have a big screen TV. 
I start having those thoughts. I start, I mean, like, I'm not, to, I'm talking, like, how badly I need something like, and I'm not thinking, I'm not, there's nothing really on summer months that, you know, I'm watching a whole lot, I'll watch a little golf, but how many of you know when fall runs around, there's another sport that picks up, and that's football, and I'm thinking, God, it's football season, and I need, I need one of these, so I can see the game. And so I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I just go strolling through Best Buy, and I'm just thinking about, oh, man, look at these. And then, I'm, you know, frugality kicks in, and I said, all right, you know, I see these that are on the wall in perfect condition, but I also know, I've heard, that there are some that are scratched or dinged or slightly dented, that they're in these boxes. Some the boxes have already been opened. Maybe they've been returned. And I just start thinking, you know, I'm trying to justify. I'm trying to justify why I ought to go ahead and get one. And so I was just walking around, and I was looking at those. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, who, who would know? A ding, a little dent, and a little scratch? Who's, who's going to know? Look at how much money. And so you're probably wondering, did I get one? Not yet. <laughs> Frugality is still winning the day. But you know what? I started thinking about we all in a sense, are like those TVs that are in the box. We're all, in a sense, damaged goods. The reality is all of us have scratches. We have little deans. We have little dents. None of us are perfect. None of us are flawless. None of us are faultless. There are no perfect people. Therefore, there can be no perfect parents. So I think right in the beginning, you've got to understand this, that uh, the reality is... Uh, every parent, you know, has faults. And if you say, well, I'm, I'm not going to honor them till I have, uh, till, you know, they're perfect, then you're never going to honor them. And again, I know that this is not the way that any of you here would think, but a lot of people do. Secondly, here's something else to consider, and that is you would not be alive without your parents. You would not be alive. Even if your parents were, or if they happen to still be living, are far from perfect, whether they be good or bad, whether they're selfish or indifferent or positive or distant or oblivious, it's still quite obvious that God used your parents to bring you into this world. You're here because your parents. Keep this in mind. You are here because of your parents. Let me give you something else to think about before we really get to what we're going to deal with primarily Keep this in mind. Your uniqueness and identity was shaped by God. That's the first portion. Your uniqueness. How many of you know you're unique? If you don't believe that, then just do this. Just take a moment. Unless you're sitting on the end, the very end seats, all the way up, you can do this. Just take and just look to your left for just a moment. Just look at as many people as you can. And do you see anybody down that road that is identical to you? And then look to the right and just say, you know, I don't see, you know, my exact twin. Any, You know what? You're unique. There's only one just like you. And people around you are saying, thank God, thank God. You know, there's just... But your uniqueness and your identity was shaped by God. But here's the second portion of it. Be sure you get this. But God used your parents' DNA. You would not be you without your mom or dad. You just wouldn't. You would not be you without your mom or dad. Now, for the longest time, my sister and I had this ongoing conversation. She would say, she'd say, you are so much like dad. 
and it depended on what she was talking about. If she was talking about dad's good qualities, I'd say, yes, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot like, but if she would bring up any negative qualities of our dad, I'd say, I'm nothing like that. And then, you know, I'd just reciprocate. I would say to her, you are so much like mom. My mom, when she was alive, her name was Mary. I said, you are so much like her. I think from this point forward, I'm going to call you little Mary. And in fact, you not only act like her, you look identical to mom. And she'd be like, no, I, no, no, I don't. And then this happened just a few years ago. She lives in the suburbs of Atlanta where we grew up, and she had to go downtown for whatever the matter was. And she's walking up the steps to walk into a very big building in downtown Atlanta. And she came to the top of the steps and walking toward the doors. She expected that the doors were clear glass and she would be seen into the lobby. What she did not realize is that it was mirrored glass on the doors, and she actually had this thought. She's walking toward the building, and she stopped, and she said, What is mom doing here today? what is mom doing here? And and then she like, okay, you know, I guess what you said is true because she realized how much she looked like mom. There's so many things about you that are a lot, a lot like your parents. Some point in your life, I went through this a while back. I looked down one day and I noticed that I was looking at my dad's hands. And then I noticed that I don't write exactly the way he writes in terms of my penmanship. It doesn't, if you saw something, he wrote something I wrote. It's not identical, but I noticed that the way that he would even position his hands, he sort of, I've seen him do this many times when he was working on something. He sort of pointed with a finger and he would write. And one day I I looked and I said, oh man, there it goes, just like dad. Maybe your eyes, maybe it's your eyes. Maybe, Maybe it's your features, maybe it's your mannerisms. But we're all like our parents in some regards. And you wouldn't be you without your mom and dad. Now, I, I know that some of you, and, and you're going to hear me say, I, I, I want to cause you to believe that I came from a perfect home, and it was a great home. But I'll, I'll be vulnerable, and I'll share with you a time in our home that wasn't so great. And some of you, you come out of situations that are not so great. In fact, it's painful for you. You'd love to be able to, you know, have all these tremendous thoughts about your your parents, or especially about your mom. But maybe you just look at your situation. You, unless you, you may look at your situation and say, Jeff, all right, what you're going to share and what you are sharing is good for everybody, but it doesn't really apply to me. But I want to share with you a statement that I read. This is such a fantastic statement. I read it a number of years ago. It said this, there are accidental parents, but there are no accidental babies. There are illegitimate parents, but there are no illegitimate babies. Your parents may not have planned you, but guess who did? God planned you. And God's got a purpose for your life. In fact, I love this verse. Psalm 139, 13 says this. You created every part of me. God, you put me together in my mother's womb. So what did God do? God put you together in your mother's womb. And you wouldn't be you without your parents. But the fact of the matter is, it's bigger than that. God had a hand. In fact, he formed you together. He put you together in your mother's womb. And you have your own uniqueness because God created you special. And every, listen, every one of you are special, no matter what kind of home or family you came out of. You just are. Now, I want to talk to you for the next few moments. I want to transition right here. And I've never done this in a mother's day talk. 
And that is, I want to talk about how can we honor our mom. And we're going to do it from sort of three stages. From a child, and we're not going to spend a lot of uh, you know, time on that one because I'm not in kids' church. I'm here with all of you. And how, sh- how should a child honor their mom? And how does a young adult, and that comprises a lot of you that are here, a lot of you are young adults, and how, you know, how you're going to honor your mom as a young adult is significantly different how you're going to honor your mom than when you were a child. And then sort of sequentially, thirdly, you know, how do you honor your mom if you happen to be now an older adult? You're not a young adult anymore. How do you, how do you honor your mom? Now, let's take the first one. Again, we're just going to spend a, mom, a moment here. How do you honor your mother or your parents if you're a child? And the obvious one of that is, is found right in the Bible. In fact, look at this verse. This is uh, verse 1 from Ephesians 6. Look at it right here on the screen. It says this, children, obey your parents. So how does a child, how should a child honor their mom, their parents, by obedience? Obey your parents. This is the right thing to do. That's the right thing to do for a child to obey their parents. Now look at the rest of this. I want to touch on this before we move to the next. This is the right thing to do because God, look, God has placed them in a authority over you. And that really matters a whole lot. How does a child honor their mom? How does a child honor their parents? They, they honor them by obeying them, by following instructions, by listening. And, and you know, if you're a parent and your child does that, that, that you feel honored in that. You ask them to do something and, and they do that. They follow instructions. They, they have a willful attitude about it. They have maybe even a cheerful attitude about it. And, and they're learning obedience. And that's a valuable life lesson for them to learn. In fact, let me just say before we move on, here's one of the most important life lessons that you're going to ever teach your child. And that is how do you respond and how do you react to authority? That is so important. I'm telling you, that is so important. It is so important you teaching them properly how to react to authority, how to respond to authority, because what that is going to cause, that's either going to set them up for success in life or many, many setbacks in life. Are you with me on this? How many of you are with me? Wave your hand. And and let let me just take a moment and tell you what this looks like. Could you imagine a child taking into adulthood this attitude that says, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody is going to tell me what to do. Could you imagine, could you imagine somebody taking that kind of uh, attitude in the workplace? Hey, if somebody takes that kind of attitude into the nobody here is going to tell me what to do. You, listen, you better enjoy that job because it's going to be short-lived. You're not going to be there very long. You, you, that doesn't work with boss and supervisors at company. So one of the most important life lessons we're going we're gonna to teach our children is that obedience, I mean, to the right things of parents uh, brings honor, but how we respond to authority is going to determine, re- many t- in many respects, our success or our failure in life. You agree with that? So how does a child honor their mom by obedience? Now, let's segue and let's talk for a moment about what about a young adult? Because a young adult, it's going to be different. They're older, they're maturing, they're growing. And so for a young adult, it's, it's more uh, twofold, and I'll just hit on this rather quickly as well, and that is by respecting her, by respecting her. Now, see, again, I want to go back to a notion that I mentioned a few moments ago. Respect does not mean that you have to deny her flaws, her weaknesses. 
But it does mean that you need to accept her and you need to forgive her. And why do you need to forgive her? Guess why? Because you need a lot of forgiveness in your life. And if you want a lot of forgiveness in your life, how can you say, well, I'm not going to forgive you know, my mom for what she's done to me or how she, something she did. You, you want to accept, you want to forgive because you're going to not only need to be on the giving end of forgiveness because you need, you want to be on the receiving end of forgiveness. And you respect her, not by denying that she has flaws and weaknesses, by saying, you know what, I'm going to accept her, I'm going to forgive her. Uh, this is not on the screen, but just listen to the verse. Leviticus 19.3 says, Each of you must show great respect for your mother and father. Here's another way, here's another way that a young adult can honor their mom, all right? By respecting her, here's a second way, by listening to her, by listening to her. Look at this verse on the screen, I love it. Proverbs 13, 1 says this, intelligent children listen to their parents, foolish children do their own thing. You got to listen. Now, I've seen this happen in my own life, and I'll just get... Uh, tell you how it's evolved for me. Uh, you were probably like this when you were younger. I can remember t- uh, a span of time in, in my teenage years when I thought my parents were absolute goofballs who did not know anything. Well, they don't know anything. In, in fact, like, where are these people from? What planet did they originate from? Because they don't know any, but it's amazing how that, I, and they never went to school. They never took any additional classes. You know, I mean, they went to school, but they didn't after this time. They'd already got, you know, whatever education they were going to get. But I just found, even though they weren't going back and taking classes, they did not add to their education. It, they just seemed to get smarter as I got older. Was it them or was it me? And it was, I started recognizing the wisdom of our parents. Now, I'll touch on my childhood in just a few moments. And those of you that have ever heard me talk about my mom, I dearly, dearly love my mom. Today is the most painful Mother's Day talk I've ever given, just knowing four months ago I lost my mom. And growing up as a child, I mean, my my childhood was so happy. It was so wonderful. It was so incredible. But when I was about 15 years of age, my parents, and we never even knew, us us kids, we never even knew that they had problems. I mean, apparently they had uh, pushed them underground enough that we didn't even know they had issues until they sat down and said, we're getting a divorce. And I mean, when that happened, the next few years were just totally unlike our previous years had been. My mom, it was like she went through a phase where it was like, man, this doesn't even seem like my mom anymore. My dad went through a phase. It doesn't seem like this is even my my dad anymore. It's not that I wasn't connected with them. It wasn't that I didn't love them or that I felt they didn't love me. It was just like the way that they're sort of acting right now, it's not the way that I've seen them act. It's not the parents that I I knew. And, And for my mom, you know, both of them, but, you know, I was living with mom. I went back to Atlanta with her and my siblings, and, and mom was just for a span of time after that divorce, and, you know, I'm not trying to psychoanalyze why. I don't know if it was esteem issues or what she was going through, but mom, for a span of time, made some unwise choices, and it was like, man, I would have never, mom, I can't believe. But, you know, I, I mentioned all that to say, did that put me in a position where I say, you know what, my mom is making some unwise choices. And here's why I wanted to mention that. My mom is making some unwise choices. And so until she gets her act completely straightened out, I'm not going to listen to mom. You know what I found out about my mom? Even though she had some issues going on in her life, she was still spot on about some of the challenges that I was facing because she was still my mom. And she was dealing with her own stuff, but she loved her kids. 
And I, I didn't say, all right, you know, once you get, you know, you're making some more foolish decisions than I am. So once you get that all straightened out, then I'm going to listen to you. No, mom and dad still, even though they were fighting their own battles, they had great wisdom. So as a young adult, we can honor our mom by respecting her and by listening to her. Proverbs 23, 22, it's not on the screen, says, listen to your father's advice and don't despise a mother's experience. So as a child, how does a child honor their mother? By obeying them, obey your parents. Learn how to function under authority that God has established. How does a young adult honor their mother? By respect and by listening to her. Now, this is a segment where maybe percentage-wise, most of us would fall into, and that is how should an adult honor their mother, their parents? Now, let me talk about that for just a few moments, and we're going to be done. One of the wonderful things that you can do as an adult to honor your mom is to show her great appreciation. I cannot even, I mean, it was the most painful and yet the most wonderful time in my life in in terms of being able to share with my mom in the last days of her life everything that I appreciated about her and what she had done for me. And my siblings, I've got two sisters and a brother, and we just came by this time, hospice had moved a a bed into the living room of, of my mom and stepdad's home. And I'll never forget, I was just sitting on our bed, and we just had hours and hours, no appointments, nowhere to go, no work, and we just had hours with mom. And each of us in our own way took time to just tell her everything that we appreciated about her. Times when I just sit on her bed and I just have big old tears rolling down my face. And at this point, she was getting to a point where she didn't know if I was crying or, or not at times. And, and then I, I would just say, Mom, thank you so much. Thank you for the way that you took care of me. Thank, you always made sure I was clean. You always made sure I was well-dressed. You always, you know, we had a clean. And I would just say, thank you, Mom. Thank you. I love you, Mom. I lo-. And I just went on and on and on. And just, you know, the reality is... And this is what I want to help you with. I, I just wish, my, my regret, I don't have a lot of regrets, but here's a regret that I have. I wish that I had done that more often and started way earlier. But you can do that if your mom's still alive. You could do that today. I, I can remember I had looked through some pictures, but then, uh, you know, my daughter got her hands on a box of pictures, and, and my daughter started, by this time I'd come back to Florida, I'd be going back, but she was up there, and so uh, she was going through some pictures, and she was snapping some pictures and sending them to me, and, she, and I had not seen this picture in years. Guys, don't put it up yet, because I need to issue a disclaimer. She, she, she saw this picture, she took a picture of it, sent it to my phone, but when she puts the when they put the picture up, this is a picture of my class photo, first grade, but there's, there's uh, a phrase that's been added that my sweet mom would never put on my picture, but my sarcastic daughter would. So that's the disclaimer, and you're going to see it. And so here's the picture. Just look at the picture, and you'll see sort of the caption. Spot the young thug. So that's, that's me right there in the middle. That's her. My mother, my loving mother would never do that. But I looked at this picture and I started laughing and I started saying, because I, I, I was looking at my buddies and I remember them and certainly the whole class photo, but I, you can't see the whole class photo, but let me assure you of something. See me there in the tie? I was the only guy in my entire class with a tie on. 
I was the only guy. Listen, this is what my mom, she not only made sure that I had a dress shirt and tie on. Do you notice the rich wrist? I didn't even know what a watch was. And I wear one. Why? Because my mother wanted me to wear this. This first grade, I went through therapy the next seven years of my life as a result of this. But, you know, a satisfied mom. All right, you can take it down. I can't stand it anymore, all right? So, but when I saw that and, and Audrey sent that, I just started laughing. And I said, that is so mom. And I looked back and I felt like another fool in class, you know. Huh? Your time, watch. But I look back, and you know what? I remembered that my mom, she had to go to work. You know, she was trying to add to the family income. But mom made sure that when she had to go to work, she could bring in a little money into the home. But you know where she went? She worked, went to work at a nice department store in downtown Atlanta so that she could earn money, but so that she could get the kids, her kids, the clothes she wanted to get them that she could not afford to get them. And so, man, we, we, were, we, we were all dressed up. And couldn't afford to dress. Why? Because mom got a discount on clothes. And she, we always, and that's all. And so I just took that time and I'm like, mom, look at the way you took care of us, mom. And we thanked her for that. And you could do that. I hope that you'll, I can't do that anymore. But those of you who will spend some time with your mom today, those who will pick up the phone, here's what I challenge you. Here's an action step I would encourage you to take. Don't just do the usual, hi, mom, hi, mom. happy Mother's Day. I hope you have a great day. What do you, you know, take it. Could you take it beyond that this year and say, mom, you can do that. I can't do it anymore. But it takes some time to tell, some time to tell her what you really appreciate. Ma, and get very specific. How many of you know when you say thank you to somebody, that's good, but when you expressly tell them what you're thankful for, how many of you moms would agree it means a whole nother thing when you can tell her specifically what you appreciate about her? And we had that opportunity, and I'm so glad we did. It's such a great verse. Look at it on the screen. When your mother is old, show her your appreciation. And I read that verse, and I thought, that's so true. But then I started thinking and, and looking. Nowhere else in the Bible does it say that you have to wait till she's old to tell her. Especially tell her then, but not exclusively. You can tell her today. I hope you will. I hope if you see her, I hope you'll feel call her. You'll just take some time and do what I'd love to be able to have some more time to do. Thank her for her tireless efforts. I did that. Mom, thank you, you know, for doing that. I mean, think about how many times your mom took you to the doctor or to the dentist or to the orthodontist. Think about that taxi service that she ran all those years. She made your lunches, and she made the lunches that uh, you wanted. I can remember, you know, my mom, some of you have heard me say this. My mom was an excellent cook. She was an excellent cook. I do one splurge meal a week, and let me just tell you, that is Katie bar the door when I have that splurge meal. It's like I'm going to eat what I want as much of it. But I had a deviation from that, that this week because one of the ladies at the church made this homemade carrot cake that was sitting right there in the church kitchen. And I saw that, and I felt God speak to me, Jeff, you need a slice of that. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, Lord, I'll obey. And I'm like, well, it's not Sunday night. I can't splurge yet. But God, yes, I'll obey. And so I cut a small piece of that. And you know, what was motivated? I'm not blaming my mom. Listen, I'm not blaming my mom for this. But when I saw it, I thought, you know what? I'm never, my mom made the greatest carrot cake you've ever had in your life. And when I cut that little slice, I was thinking, I'm never going to have mom's carrot cake again. 
Mom made this thing. Have any of you ladies heard of a hummingbird cake? Have you ever heard of a hummingbird? Is that not like incredible? But this is my mom. She's very witty. She'd say, I love making hummingbird cakes for y'all, but you kids don't understand how hard it is to catch those little hummingbirds. What did your mom do? She changed your diapers. She washed your clothes. Let your mom know how much you appreciate her many sacrifices. And your mom made and your dad made many, many sacrifices so that you would have what you have. Has anyone ever figured out? Listen, I I don't want to discourage any of our young families, but I, I just want to tell you, has anybody figured out how expensive it is to have kids yet? I read some research this week. Listen now. Listen, you, you guys, y'all don't stop having, because we want our church to continue to grow. We got scores and scores of babies down in the nurseries right now, so I, I'm not trying to discourage. But it has been estimated, I read this research recently, it has been estimated in today's economy that the cost to raise a child from birth to 18 years of age is on average, on average, $249,000. $249,000. Our son and daughter-in-law that has the two little girls that just like hung the moon, they just found out not too long ago that they're going to have a third child. And then yesterday, we found out through this reveal thing that our son and daughter-in-law with the two girls are now going to have a little boy bulldog. (laughs) Isn't that great? A little boy. And so he's telling me that because they found out yesterday, and I watched the video on the balloons coming out, these, and they're excited because they really wanted a boy. And, and I just didn't have the heart to say to him, that boy's going to cost you $249,000 before it's all said and done. He is. A lot of that's going to be in clothing, red and black clothing. Want to be beautiful? <laughs> but just think about the car that your mom could have drove, the house she could have lived in the clothes your mom could have worn, the vacation she could have taken, but instead, you know what? She wanted more than that. She wanted you. And if she had a chance to do it all over again, she'd still give up the car, the house, the vacations, clothes, the jewelry to have you. I love this story. We're almost done, but I want to share it with you. It's a, it's a great, great story. It says, fictitious, of course, imagine one day God is there with his angels and God says to his angels, I have an idea. And they're like, God, what's your idea? I think I'm going to create the family. And the angel said, well, what is that? What's a family? And God says, I'll tell you what a family is. I'm very excited about this idea. Of course, I'm excited, God said, about all of my ideas, but this one is unique. The family's going to be the way that I'm going to connect people. I'm just going to kind of bind them together in love. And it's going to work like this. Adult people, grown-up people will sign up to take care of a little tiny stranger. And the angel said, are they going to get paid to do this? God says, no. Actually, that little stranger is going to cost them a lot of money. Not only that, that little stranger won't even be able to talk at first. It will just cry and scream, and you'll have to guess why. It will make you lose sleep. It will make messes all the time, so you have to clean it up. It will be utterly vulnerable. You'll have to watch that kid 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Then when that child is two, that little stranger will be able to say words like no and mine, and we'll throw tantrums. And then God said, I'm thinking about inventing puberty. I'm not too sure about that one yet, but if I do, they'll get these strange things called hormones that will make them go crazy. Odd things will happen to their bodies. They'll get pimples. Their voices will crack. Their limbic systems will melt down. Then they'll grow up, and just when they're mature and beautiful and interesting and able to contribute, they will move away. They're going to move. They're going to leave. That's the idea. What do you think? 
As an adult, we can appreciate our moms. And we ought to appreciate our moms. And secondly, and lastly, we can provide for her. I hope you know this. At a certain stage in life, the roles are going to get reversed. They will. Your parents who cared for you when you were young are eventually going to need you to care for them when they get old. And it's normal and it's natural. Look at these verses on the screen, and we're just about done, but I want you to see these. These verses on the screen. 1 Timothy chapter 5. I'm sorry, guys. I led you to keep going. 1 Timothy 5. I probably skipped over that. 2 through 4. Treat older women as you would your mother. Treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Take care of any widow who has no one else to take care of her. But if she has what? Children or grandchildren. Look at this now. Look. Their what responsibility? Their first responsibility is to show godliness. How do you show that you're a godly man? How do you show you're a godly woman? And God's got to tell us. At home, repay your parents by taking care of them. This is something. When you do this, God says, you're pleasing me. The roles are going to get reversed. They just are. It's inevitable if your parents. You know, I wish that my parents lived. Mom was only 70. Dad was 72. Dad passed in September. Mom in January. And uh, roles never in that regard have reversed that much. And I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, well, Jeff, you know what? I, I see it. I want to do that, but I don't have a lot of money. Here's the good news. You don't have, a lot of, have to have a lot of money to do that. In fact, most of you, as you get older and your parents get older, here's what you're going to find. Your parents, I know there's exceptions to this, but for the most part, it's not going to be money that your aging parents are going to need most. What they're going to need most is your time. In many respects, time is a more valuable commodity today, isn't it? There's limitations on time, much more so than with money. So it's not like you've got to be wealthy to be able to do that. It's, they're probably not going to need your money. But more and more, they're going to need your time and your attention. And they're going to need a lot of love. They took good care of you when you were little. Man. Pray that you have the right attitude of taking care of them when they're old. You know, it's ironic. My grandmother, my mother's mother, is still living. She's almost 90 now. She's finally starting to slow down, which at 90, it's about time, isn't it? Really? I mean, come on. You know, she's been going strong. This is the grandmother. I'm not making this up. This is a true story. My grandmother, my grandmother, who lived in Atlanta practically her whole life, we had moved to South Georgia for just a short span of time, and my grandmother decided, my grandfather had already passed away, my grandmother decided she was going to South Georgia to see her grandkids. And my grandmother got in her Chevy Malibu, and she was headed to South Georgia on Interstate 75 in a hurry was pulled over by a Georgia Highway Patrolman going in excess of 100 miles an hour, my grandmother. My grandmother. Only because she was a grandmother kept her from being arrested. I have no idea what that ticket cost. But she's finally slowing down. It's about time. Just in the last couple of months... My grandmother, who has lived by herself since 1971, July of 71, when my grandfather passed away, 
She's just now reached a point she can't take care of herself. And she's gone into a nursing home. It's been a big adjustment for her. And I made this determination. I am going to call my grandmother every week to the day she dies. And I'm just going to tell her I love her and how much I appreciate everything she did. I can't tell my mom, but I can tell my grandmother, take care. Take care. It's not money. It doesn't cost me anything. She doesn't hey, say, hey, Jeff, could you send me a check? She doesn't need a check. She needs love. She needs attention. She needs time. Would you stand with me, everybody? Thank you for being here today. Go love your mom if your mom's still alive. Call her. Thank her. Thank her specifically. Would you bow your heads? Let's pray together. All you ladies, listen. If you didn't get your chocolate, be sure to get it on the way out. You'll be happy to know we laid our hands on these and asked God to remove all calories. And he will because it's Mother's Day. This is the only day out of the year that God will do that. God, I know that today is challenging. Thank you for giving me the strength to give what has been the most difficult. Mother's Day message ever for me. Comfort those like me who have lost their mom. Be with those who are challenged with issues of infertility. For those who have broken relationships with a child or with a parent. For those who have delayed or failed adoptions. Especially, God, for those who have lost a child or have miscarried. God, I pray your strength and your help for them today. I pray that today that we would also celebrate and rejoice with those who have given birth since this time last year. For those who are expecting, and there's many right now in this service. And we're going to celebrate. For those who have welcomed an adopted child or a foster child into their home. For those who have had a restored relationship. For all these wonderful, wonderful ladies in our church. Some of these great role models. Some of these spiritual moms that are older. And their examples. I just thank you for them. And I thank you for giving us such incredible ladies in our church. And such an incredible day on this Mother's Day. In Jesus' name. Let's give our moms one more big hand. Can we do it? I love you. God bless you. Have an awesome day. Happy Mother's Day.